and go blue. Thank you for listening to the Daily Sports Report on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor, where the puck drops here. Let's get lost tonight. You could be my black Kate Moss tonight. Play secretary on the ball tonight. And you don't give a f- what they all say, right? Awesome, the Christian and Christian Dior. Damn, they don't make them like this anymore. I ask, cause I'm not sure. Do anybody make real d- anymore? Bow in the presence of greatness. Cause right now, that has forsaken us. You should be honored by my lateness. That I would even show up to this fake. So go ahead, go nuts, go ace. Especially in my pastel on my paper. Like you can't tell who made this new gospel, homie, take six and take this, haters. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I noticed you got a copy of The Plague there by Albert Camus. Great. uh, His finest novel, in my opinion. And, uh... Hysteria, yeah. Uh, let's give out brain damage awards. The fact that a school in Mississippi closed down because somebody went to Zambia. <laughs> a country unaffected, unaffected by the Ebola quite, situation. Quite a, way, uh, quite a ways away uh, is incredible. But then uh, Mississippi's, uh, <clears throat> one of their stars, congressman, was on the HUAC committee, a guy named John Rankin. He was an anti-Semite and a racist, openly racist, openly anti-Semite. And he once said that uh, communism was responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. I was like, dude, wrong. That's right. Karl Marx and his time machine. Wrong wrong, uh, country, wrong century. Wrong everything. Wrong millennia. (laughs) Millennium. Actually, there's much of Christ's teachings that make their way into communism. Yes. Quite frankly. <laughs> but that's a sane and rational perspective on it. But yeah, the uh, hysteria over Ebola is just another way for people to beat up on Africa or well, to, you know, yeah. articulate a kind of cloaked racism. Yeah, and, you know, the proposals for all these travel bans the, made by congressmen. Uh, mainly in the Republican Party that have been having hearings. You know, obviously some mistakes were made, to quote Ronald Reagan, but let's face some facts here. I mean, America's had one death and two cases, and both of the cases involved nurses uh, that treated the affected man, uh, Mr. Duncan, who probably misled the hospital about the fact that he had actually carried a... uh, Ebola-afflicted patient. And, you know, the death toll in, in uh, from the Ebola crisis, which is spreading. I've heard the word exponential, but I think that's wrong. But <laughs> it is spreading and is uh, definitely a serious national, international problem. But it's not an American problem. And uh, let's give out a brain damage award to all of the hysteria about travel bans because... 
Let's face it. I mean, America already has a... There aren't any direct flights from Liberia or Sierra Leone to the United States. They go through Europe. There's already a checks and balances system, so to speak. And, you know, when you have helicopters um, intercepting a cruise ship, that Mexico won't allow to dock <laughs> because a nurse handled uh, specimens at one point, and in a, in a, she was a, a lab technician kind of type. She went on vacation on a cruise on the one of those uh, big boats that's uh, been in the news over the last couple of years, usually for disasters that have involved their operations. But uh, I love the—I uh, was reading a, a book about communism a couple of weeks ago, and I love the definition of hysteria, a psychoneurosis characterized by emotional excitability— and a variety of other symptoms as partial losses of memory, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Why, that's a straight-out appeal to a Republican voter. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a problem. Uh, Houston, we have a problem here. Uh, Dallas, of course. Uh... Well, yeah, Texas, we have a problem. Uh, John Stewart made the great uh, comment earlier this week that... Uh, well, gee, Texas, uh, this uh, barricade wall you've been wanting might not be such a bad idea now, but it's going to be a little further north than you had anticipated. Right. Let's uh, let's give Texas back to Mexico. <laughs> it was annexed by uh, James Polk. It was the cause of the uh, infamous Mexican-American War, uh, which uh, had formative uh, a formative influence on Abraham Lincoln. He was one of the few. Congressman, as I recall, I think he only served two years to vote against military action there. But uh, well, speaking of Congress, their failure to respond in a timely manner—I mean, the amount of money that uh, this country squanders on relatively insignificant things uh, like Halloween candy, say for example—Congress yeah. um, has uh, taken little to no steps towards. Uh, increasing the uh, degree of funding for research into Ebola, just like they did with HIV and AIDS. Yeah, you know, there have been CDC cuts, yeah. and it's remarkable that the Surgeon General, by the way, his uh, nomin he was nominated over a year ago, and his confirmation hearings are being held up because he once wrote a paper indicating that guns were a public health epidemic. Which um, uh, is true because they put these big <laughs> holes in human bodies, and that's not healthy. So, so we have that's, a that's a true thing a health crisis. And if we want a travel ban, my recommendation is uh, let's have a travel ban on sending ground troops to the Middle East. Uh, most of uh, America's forays with ground troops into the Middle East, uh, starting with Ronald Reagan in nineteen eighty-two with the Lebanon Civil War, have not turned out very well, to say the least, if we looked back on on them in retrospect. And it's interesting how uh, Obama, who of course is coming under incredible criticism from all quarters, <laughs> uh, actually asked the CIA for a study about arming rebels. His question was, does it work? Eh, <laughs> <laughs> Seems somewhat reasonable. The CIA came back with an answer it that... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it never has yet. So it's interesting, by the way, that uh, there have been uh, American military supply and, uh, shall we say, 
supply drops into uh, into the uh, area afflicted by ISIS and the Peshmerga, including some uh, brave women, are holding off ISIL, whatever you want to call them, and they're offensive in the city of Kobani. Turkey has allowing the Kurdish Peshmerga into this area. So this, of course, a couple of months ago, they were letting uh, Islamic radicals through to go into Syria to yeah. topple Assad. So, uh, here which in, is their main goal? True, of uh, but <laughs> in town there was a uh, protest rally uh, up and down Liberty and into the Diag. I would imagine uh, asking for you know increased support for Kurdish rebels um, and Kurds in general. William Bloom, uh, who you might remember as the one of the co-editors of the Covert Action Information Bulletin, has a recent article on counterpunch.org in which he says that you can't trust what any country says about ISIL. Right. Because all of the major players in the Middle East, you don't really know the extent to which they're funding both sides, Qatar, Saudis, for example, are both funding ISIL and funding the fight against them. So... Uh, no one really knows what's going on. Well, and that's an example of the complex uh, politics and <laughs> religious aspects of intervening in the Middle East. Um, it's it's very strange. Well, not strange, not surprising, but uh, you know, both Sierra Leone and Liberia, you know, under had major civil wars recently, and their infrastructure for health, um, the health situation there, is perilous to say the least. There isn't very interesting article in the uh, most recent edition of the London Review of Books that was actually written on October first. So some of the statements in uh, this are non-operative, to quote a uh, a Watergate spokesman for Richard Nixon, uh, modified limited hangout, and all of that. Uh, of course, the Ebola patient he says is now dying he's of course dead but the nurses seem to be quarantined there is progress in this area and he points he was actually a medical doctor in liberia that witnessed firsthand uh the situation there uh, of course the outbreak started in guinea up in the rainforests there uh, but he points out that uh, even before the current crisis killed many of liberia's health professionals there were fewer than 50 doctors working in the public health system in a country of more than 4 million. Most of them live far from the capital. That's one physician for every 100,000 people, compared to 240 in the United States or 670 in Cuba. Interesting that Cuba has been in the news since they're dispatching some of their health professionals to help out in the afflicted region of the United States of Africa. And, of course, if you live in Ann Arbor, to visualize 100,000 people is is rather easy. Go to a U of M football game. <laughs> Although there might, of late, be a couple thousand empty seats. But uh, the seats themselves are what you'd be counting there. There are some no-shows, but because you enter a kind of high up in the, in the arena itself, the venue, because it's, it's basically up on a hill that sinks down when you walk in you literally around you because very few people are behind you you see 100,000 it's a very visually rewarding experience just once 
in your life. But it is this uh, public health situation that really should be the focus. Obviously, the CDC screwed up in some areas, but the hysteria surrounding the fact that, you know, two of these nurses violated, quote-unquote, CDC protocols, uh, who are now being treated. One of them is at NIH in Maryland. I don't know where the other one is being treated, but the point is they appear to be recovering. And as this doctor note, notes in his article in the uh, August 23rd edition of the London Review of Books, what is really involved here is prompt diagnosis, as he puts it, aggressive supportive care, including fluid resuscitation, electrolyte replacement, and blood products. The great majority as much as 90% survive. But, of course, he talks about the profound lack of uh, medical equipment and uh, the problems with the health infrastructure uh, in Liberia and uh, Sierra Leone in particular. Interestingly, Guinea has been much less affected, even though the outbreak started there. And the WHO, by the way, today announced that Nigeria, which, of course, would be a serious, serious disaster if Ebola ever spread to Nigeria. This is the largest African country in terms of population by far. Lagos, the most uh, crowded city in the world, I believe. It would be an absolute catastrophe. But the travel ban, I think, has been appropriately shot down by knowledgeable public health officials and demagoguery is the only uh, relevant <laughs> diagnosis that we can make about congressmen that are trying to politicize this uh, public health disaster that's afflicting Africa. And let's remember that uh, a, a nine-year-old girl at a shooting range in Arizona um, practicing with an Uzi uh, has uh, actually killed as many people as have died from Ebola here in the United States. So, and she was being supervised by an adult. And of course, it's interesting. There have been Ebola outbreaks over the past several decades. I heard a African official, so I'm not completely going to uh, trust these numbers, but he pointed out that there have been about three dozen outbreaks since 1976 that have killed about 1,300 people. So what we're looking at now with 4,500 dead is an entirely different situation from past uh, Ebola outbreaks. Um, And uh, we know that it's, quote, difficult to get, but uh, it is highly contagious if you do get it. And obviously, serious precautions need to be made. But the notion that every hospital in the United States should prepare for this uh, virus is, uh, I think overkill and if we, like i say if we want to have a travel ban let's ban ground troops to the middle east well this is partly a byproduct of the machine that the 24-hour news industry uh news fotainment let's call it rather than news um they constantly need a story they've constantly got to have the ticker line going underneath the screen and it's always got to be an aggressive scare story. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is largely why Ebola is the big story that it is here. Obviously, it's it's a, a, a hugely significant uh, story. It's, uh, it's a crisis uh, in Africa. Uh, not so much here. 
but there are things that we can and should do uh, to help it from uh, becoming the the big ultra hyper mega global scare that Fox News wants you to believe that it already is. Yeah, and speaking of Fox News, this is typical. And one of the uh, Charles M. Blow is sort of on a book tour. <clears throat> That's my understanding. He's written a memoir recently. <clears throat> but this is an interesting item that shows why Obama has such difficulty at times uh, with uh, <laughs> the way he's portrayed in the media. Um, he he wrote on the 1st of September in probably one of his last columns for the time being, because like I say, he's on a book tour. He, he writes, a few months ago, Fox News hope, uh, host Judge Janine Pirro told her viewers that, quote, you need to be afraid because of Obama's recklessness in dealing with ISIS, adding this nugget. And the head of this band of savages is a man called Abu al-Baghdadi, the new Osama bin Laden, a man released by Obama in 2009 who started ISIS a year later. That would be exceedingly troubling, if true, but fact-checking operations at Politico or excuse me, at PolitiFact, rated it as false, saying that the Defense Department said that the man now known as Baghdadi, Baghdadi, was released in 2004. Uh, the evidence that Baghdadi was in custody in 2009 appears to be the recollection of an army colonel who said Baghdadi's face is very familiar, quote-unquote. Even if the colonel is right, Baghdadi was not set free. He was handed over to the Iraqis, who released him some time later. But more important, the legal contrast between the United States and Iraq that guaranteed that the United States would give up custody of virtually every detainee was signed during the Bush administration. Speaking of Fox News and the Bush administration, <laughs> there was also that sort of minor blip uh, in the last week or so whereby uh, Fox News boldly proclaimed, aha, look, there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. It was apparently a cache of chemical weapons was found. This proves President George W. Bush was right. Well, again, further analysis of yeah. the so-called facts uh, reveals that these uh, were spent canisters, that these were purchased long ago, uh, back in the days when we sold chemical weapons and the materials to make such uh so that Iraq could use them against uh, our other regional enemy, Iran. Yeah, when the chemical and, uh, weapons were actually being used by Saddam Hussein, the United States didn't utter a peep. So, and, and this makes George W. Bush still as wrong as ever about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq at that historical moment. Uh, the ones that had been there, we sold him. Donald Rumsfeld shook his hand to clinch the deal. Yeah, he was an envoy working for Ronald Reagan. So uh, Fox News is like uh, they do their research by uh, sniffing a soiled diaper and uh, going with their gut. But unfortunately, the you know, the belief system that uh, Americans have about Ebola is just it's remarkable. It's how inaccurate it all is. And this is part of the, the problem with the media's uh, lack of coverage. They're, you know, they're sort of accusing the public health people. They're trying to make mm. them the boogeyman here, or Obama somehow. Uh, of course, uh, never mind that. As though the decades of cuts to uh, 
these agencies uh, were Obama's fault. Yeah, and and that's just one aspect of the whole uh, hypocrisy uh, involved in this whole uh, in this whole thing. But yeah, it's just remarkable when you look at the what the American people think about Ebola versus what's true, and it's it, it, it's frightening because. You know, why would a school in Mississippi, of course, I don't know, maybe Sarah Palin was a guest uh, lecturer there on geography. She thought Africa was a country. (laughs) Didn't know it was a continent. It's actually kind of bigger than as a continent. Well, Glenn Beck Beck may be a guidance counselor there. (laughs) He might be. And, of course, uh, (laughs) yeah, the caliphate headed England is vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, uh, they've been an ongoing nation state since 1066. Uh, if you're lucky, you might be alive for the millennial anniversary of that great event. <clears throat> um, but I, you know, we'll have to bring in the the Ebola ignorance uh, at, at at a later date. I can't find my well, uh, my you... absolute uh, amazing clipping showing the. Uh, the 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 ignorance uh, of uh, the, that situation and why it's created this ridiculous hysteria. And well, let's you know let's let's be honest these these nurses uh, were following protocols as best they they could. But uh, I am relatively confident because of aggressive treatment and the fact that people have survived. It's it's really about the quickness of the mm. diagnosis and the treatment. That's the key. And when you have a completely collapsed infrastructure, as you do in both Sierra Leone and Liberia, it's a serious situation that does require rapid uh, a rapid response by international uh, agencies, people, countries donating money, supplies. You know, is is a, is a huge uh, is a huge factor. So uh, let's hope that. Uh, this crisis um, is uh, dealt with uh, promptly. And as for (laughs) uh, Fox News, I'm sure that they're still reporting that somewhere near the Rio Grande River, ISIS is forming a cell to invade America. What is it with uh, the Republicans and fences? (laughs) I thought they made good neighbors. (laughs) Isn't that Robert no. Frost line? Yeah, it's Robert Frost, but uh, my shotgun makes good neighbors and my fence. Yeah. Uh, well, you wonder if somebody's out there right now uh, figuring they can make a few bucks by uh, coming up with some sort of Ebola-related Halloween costume. Yeah. Ooh, scary. Because they keep showing, the uh, when when there are all these news stories, the got to have a graphic, the image they show is uh, an extreme magnification of the microbe, which has a weird kind of a Mickey Mouse ear configuration to it. Next time you see it on the telly, look and see if you can see Mickey Mouse right there in the Ebola. Hmm. Well, it definitely uh, is one of those, you know, it's definitely a virus that jumps from species. And, of course, there was an enormous outcry recently in Spain. This is interesting. Just an example of hysteria. Uh, the Spanish government uh, put down her dog uh, because they weren't sure whether whether dogs could carry or transmit the virus. Uh, there was a huge protest by animal lovers in Europe. 
This was the Spanish nurse, by the way, that contracted oh, Ebola. Okay. Uh, she was basically working as part of a religious uh, medical entity, um, and she traveled on trains or something. I forget all the details, but, uh, <laughs> you know, this, this idea... The idea that the you know Frontier Airlines, for instance, would would quarantine the pilots of this flight that the one woman took from Cleveland to Dallas, uh, it's great. It's you know the mistake on the lake and <laughs> the place where John F. Kennedy was killed. It's perfect. Frontier Airlines quarantined the two pilots, and I was like, I thought pilots had locks on the inside of the the cockpit. <laughs> There's no contact between pilots and passengers on a commercial flight. I thought that was the result of 9-11. But this is the kind of mindless stupidity going on in this country. So I will give Frontier Airlines a brain damage award. As for monitoring people and quarantining, that, that certainly needs to be done in cases that may pose a risk to the public. But it seems to be done. There was some slow... Movement early on, but uh, you know, let's face it: this victim, the the dead uh, person, Mister Duncan, uh, misled <laughs> the people that treated him. Mm. He didn't mention that he had handled an Ebola infected person uh, when he was in Liberia. Now, apparently, he did mention that he came from Liberia, but the hospital sent him home, um, and he came back two years. Two, two days later, exceedingly virulent. So <clears throat> I think that the general message, uh, and of course there's now new criticism because there is an Ebola czar. <laughs> well, uh, w- you know, you guys asked for it. <laughs> and of course some... So sign- glad that the czar still lives. <laughs> the czar still lives. I don't know when that term is going to be put to rest. That's a... Inquiring mind, a, a linguistic artifact. <laughs> what to know? Uh, Why not the Grand Duchy of Vichyssoise? Yeah. <laughs> the Count, I, yeah. Uh, or how about Commander, <laughs> Commandante, or Führer, <laughs> Ebola Führer? Yeah. Um, well, he's you know a, a politico and worked for Biden, uh, Biden but. Uh, Really, more public reassurances about facts is what we need. And I hate to be make a kind of a bad generalization, but some medical and, you know, Anthony Fauci is incredibly articulate. But there are some people that work uh, probably in the CDC that are not ideal spokesmen for what's really going on and what needs to happen. And obviously some of the policies were inadequate early on, but let's remember, two people have been infected, and they directly handled Mr. Duncan. So this idea of, you know, not sending your kids to school, which is rampant apparently in Dallas, uh, is remarkable. Well, again, education anyway. Ignorance. <laughs> of course, the uh, schools in Dallas <clears throat> have been cut massively by Rick Perry, whose uh, performance in the Ebola crisis is sort of mixed. Uh, It's interesting that Texas had a judge uh, order uh, the restoration of $3.5 billion. Think about that figure for a second. That's what America spends on public schools in Texas alone. 
of restored budget cuts to uh, public schools in Texas. <laughs> so uh, why don't some people that are trying to get on the bandwagon of the travel ban look in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, well, that reminds me that uh, the... Uh Rick Snyder adds here on the Michigan gubernatorial campaign uh, when uh, he has teachers in his ads talking about how good Snyder has been for education. They're people who've been retired for 20 to 30 years. Uh, There are no current active teachers uh, out there stomping for uh, Rick Snyder, not many that I imagine. Uh, We're sort of in the dwindling moments of the program here and i'm not sure this will still be a viable brain damage award next week although god only knows what the future of this poor tree is the u of m as you may be aware is uh hosting this bizarre project whereby the sponsors of the construction at the business school Mm. are going to throw down four and a half million dollars to move an oak tree that's over a hundred year couple hundred years old uh from one spot to another spot down the block. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a significant chance of failure. It's like a 30% chance of failure. I think they underestimate that. This is uh, a very difficult thing. When you look at a tree, you see all the branches above that have leaves on them. There is an equal uh, counterpart to that beneath the soil. Indeed. Those are the roots. Mm-hmm. So uh, the idea that you can take something that's so firmly and well-established in uh, this place for over 200 years... And move it for your convenience is not only arrogance uh, and a bizarre waste of money, but uh, it's a lot of BS because they're probably going to write this off as a green accommodation. Yeah, and it's interesting to note we by saved a tree that the business school when it was rebuilt uh, did recycle the bricks from the old business school, so they've put a considerable amount of money into rebuilding the business school. It's state of the art. Stuff I've gone to a couple of things, public events there in the auditorium. Very good uh, uh, public events for uh, educational purposes that they have at the Blau Auditorium. But, yeah, the University of Michigan gets gobs of money from billionaires and people that have made a lot of money in the stock market right? Uh, to uh, finance these projects. Well, I'm going to speak for the Lorax and say you're listening to WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor, and uh, the trees have rights, too, and I think uh, this is a mistake. They should have accommodated the tree in its historical current location. Indeed. But we'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, we're out of time. I'd like to thank Andrew for engineering this evening. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN-FM, Ann Arbor. And do attend the uh, Gerald R. Ford Presidential Library tomorrow night for an interesting discussion about the Nixon pardon that starts at 7.30. Open to the public. Good night. You know what this is? It's the tool audiologists use to remove harmful wax buildup from your ears. Studies prove that bad music can increase wax buildup, leading to tone deafness, cultural deficiency, hair loss, pellagra, and scurvy. Fortunately, there's Wax Control Formula WCBN. Not only does it prevent harmful buildup, but it improves your sense of well-being, increases your IQ, clears up your skin, and makes you popular. The choice is easy. You can have this. And she's buying the stereo. Or this. Tune to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Good radio for good audio hygiene.
Good evening. The time is now 